0: and welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your chronic anxiety through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. And today I have brought on my amazing colleague, Dr. Kayla Clark, who is a naturopathic doctor originally from Vancouver, BC, so a Canadian like me, but she's now practicing fully virtual from Austin, Texas. Her mission, and one that I firmly stand behind, is to help co-create a new paradigm of health and medicine. She enjoys helping modern humans connect with their health, thrive in their worlds, and execute their purpose. And what I love so much about Kayla is how confidently she shows up as an empath and as a highly sensitive person. She just owns it. She has learned to feel things deeply and embrace the energy that moves through her body. And because of that, we had such a good conversation around anxiety, not as something to be fixed or controlled, but instead as energy that can be acknowledged and then allowed to flow through us. Some people just have highly sensitive nervous systems. And it doesn't help that our world is one that is designed to pull us into that sympathetic nervous system, so that fight or flight. So how can we align our body and mind with the demands of the modern world, finding resilience and balance, even in the face of anxiety? That's exactly what we talk about in this episode. Kayla's approach is this amazing blend of neuroscience, modern medicine, and intuition. And I cannot wait to hear what you think of this episode. Kayla, welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast.
1: I'm so excited we're finally doing this. Yay, thank you. Me too. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Let's just dive right in. Tell us everything about you. <laughs>
1: Tell us the, oh the, short, <laughs> the short version. <laughs> the short version. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I am from Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, so I'm like a very big nature, like nature is really important to me, Uh, I love to be outside, and currently I'm living in Austin, Texas, which is also fun, a very different vibe there, but I... You know, what I do now is I practice a lot online and I love to build community in person, but I focus really on helping modern empaths and highly sensitive people uh, really connect to their nervous system and to their health and like kind of live in this modern world, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today. Um, And so, you know, just pertaining to this podcast and anxiety in general, that is my story as well. So like many of you, I have, you know, I don't love the labels sometimes, you know, of anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, but I have in the past struggled with what you would call anxiety. Um, When I was little, I was diagnosed with like OCD, panic disorder, uh, agoraphobia, all of the things. And So I've uh, managed to come to a place now where I think I can manage it. It's still something that I deal with in my day-to-day life, but it's something that I uh, always am working with, always am learning to work with continuously.
0: Can you unpack that a little bit for us, like what that means exactly when you say it's still something you deal with in your day-to-day life and how you manage it?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's been interesting this past few, this past few years, I guess, with every with everything going on and like, being put into situations that are uncomfortable that are going to bring some stuff up for us. I think probably all of us can relate to that at some level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been learning you know i'll be honest a lot of deconditioning of what i was told when i was younger like you have anxiety you have ocd this is something you have this is something that needs medication this is something that you're going to just deal with um and kind of like like acknowledging that like yes this is something that i feel like i feel things deeply um i like i um have energy move through my body a lot but like having that label on it, I didn't love, and so it was a lot of work, kind of moving with that, and like even now, so uncovering. Like I'm an empath, I'm a highly sensitive person, which we can talk about later, yes, um, or so now, whatever. But yeah, dive
0: into that maybe. Like, <laughs> what is an empath? Because I feel. I remember when I first heard this word, because my mom is an empath, my bio mom, and she would talk about this all the time. It's funny. She used to talk about when I was growing up, I'd be like, stop babbling me. And now I'm so into it. I'm like, what was that? What's that thing again, mom? Like, tell me. Yeah. (laughs) But she would always talk about this. And I definitely like I could walk into a room and just be like, what's wrong? Like I definitely can sense that, or like in my partner or in my friends. And if a friend just texts me, like one time, a friend texts me being like, "Hey, are you free for dinner tonight?" Super normal text, and I texted her back being like, "What's wrong?" Because I just like had a feeling, but I don't know if I would consider myself an empath. So, could you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, and another thing with like the labels. So at the end of the day, (laughs) I also don't love labels. labels i know i know so but like for the sake of it let's just talk about it so i mean we all have nervous systems all of our nervous systems are very different like we're all wired uniquely whether that be because of our history our genetics our stories our culture all of the things Um, and then some of us have a, a what's called a highly sensitive nervous system so that term for better what we're what we're talking about here is the way that our nervous systems are wired. So f- physically it's like, we are more sensitive to dopamine. We have different um, different types of like neurons connecting in our brains. Um, and this kind of means that the way we respond to things and by we, I just mean empaths or people with what this term is highly sensitive nervous system. Um, we respond, that, like we just feel things a lot deeper because it's like hyper arousal almost. Like we're almost like tuned in to like list, to feel, to connect with energies, to connect with other things. And so part of that is a subset of like highly sensitive, part of the um, highly sensitive people, there's a subset like we would call empaths. So those people are high, are like more sensitive to emotions and energies of other people. So like for what you were saying is, yeah, you walk into a room and you can kind of like feel the excitement or feel the mood or feel the energy and you text a friend and um, you can instantly tell. And so I like I would call that like an empathic trait. And I think all of us have this quality in some some part or less but like some mm-hmm. of us just and they say up to 20% of people um is a stat they throw around honestly i don't know where they get that so take that with a grain of salt but <laughs> like all stats um,
0: like yes like weird? all stats there's so much nuance and context i mean we could talk forever about the nuance and context behind stats and research and oh not taking all their yeah. stuff at face value but continue
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so anyways there is a substantial chunk of people who have this like sensitive nervous system and so this is actually a term that's just becoming to become talked about so maybe you've heard the term empath before or highly sensitive person before maybe not maybe you've heard it thrown around and being like what is actually what is that um so it's something that we're starting to be able to recognize as we with like science can map different nervous systems we can actually see what's happening in the nervous systems how people are reacting um
0: okay yeah question how is this through testing or like what modalities specifically are we studying because science has a long way to go to catch up with what like our ancient ancient ancestors just intuitively knew and science is starting to catch up and we're starting to prove these things and so I'm just fascinated by this how are we mapping
1: the nervous system well so again it's kind of like more of like we're starting to put the pieces together because we still can't exactly map the nervous system as you know so it's like okay We take some, um, we notice that this person is um, highly sensitive, they're sensitive, they react to things, whatever. And even that on its own is going to be subjective. Mm -hmm. But like, we're gonna, now we can kind of test and see like, what are their dopamine levels at? What are their um, like we can use MRIs and stuff and see how their different areas of their brains are reacting to things. Um, and so we can start to see like how their metabolites and their neurotransmitters are interacting and how their body's responding to stress, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like taking all these pieces from different areas and putting them together. And it's still, like I said, it's not like, okay, we could say this person qualifies as highly sensitive. Like we're not there yet,
0: yeah, um, yeah. So. And I would just like, just put a little asterisk where no one test, cause I get a question a lot, like what testing should I get? What testing should I ask for? There is no one test. that's going to tell you everything you need to know. Like you need to, it's pieces of a puzzle. There's an hundred piece puzzle. And you need to look at like the full health history. You need to look at the symptoms. You need to look at what happened to this person's life. You need to look at maybe some testing. Yes. And maybe multiple tests. So you know, not hanging our hat. Um, because again, this is a very allopathic way of thinking like where it's just like, Oh, we're just going to do this blood work and it's going to tell us everything that we need to know. And your blood work says you're fine. So you're fine. And it's all in your head, (laughs) which is very much not true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely so yeah like and like you said everybody is a unique person in our nervous system just because we like have it it's also an interplay with our environment like you said our stories our culture our traumas all of the things so Mm -hmm. it's not you can never ever just package it it's just like trying to package a person up like
0: you you try never works (laughs) yeah yeah okay cool so circling kind of back to this highly sensitive because this is kind of a new ish area for me that i'm starting to explore because you know I feel very strongly, and this is just based on me and kind of my health history and my story, I really dislike the word manage anxiety and that's kind of why i'm curious why you use that word um because i kind of feel that that's a word that's been thrown around a lot in the medical community and traditional healthcare models for mental health where it's like and if literally if you google like can you like is anxiety like curable it'll say no like on google It says no, like you only can learn to manage it and live with it, which, like, I have a bone to pick with that. And so I'm just curious, like, from your kind of perspective, do you feel the same way or or do you feel differently? I encourage (laughs) different types of conversations. Good question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, Manage anxiety. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like it's, it is a term that's thrown around. You're totally right. I'm going to think about that, honestly, to be a bit, to bring a bit more awareness to it i do think like yeah i don't think it's necessarily something that we like it's a lifelong thing per se like i do think we have a propensity and like we were talking about before like the labels of anxiety um It's just like my nervous system, like getting more in touch with how it exists in the world. So my intuition, um, how, just how I, all of these things, like my stories, my traumas, my, like all how I just exist and being more aware of that and like learning how I can use tools to, to like manage or, um, like, I don't, yeah, I don't manage, I don't mind the word manage, I think, uh. Because yeah, it is like, I feel like it's something that it, that I'm dealing with that it's there. It doesn't have to be like a negative connotation.
0: For sure. Yeah. I guess the way that I have kind of always thought about it and seen it is manage in my mind is like, okay, this is something that's chronic. And I don't believe that anxiety and panic is a chronic thing. I it's a, it's a regular emotion. There's a normal emotion like sadness and yes. happiness and grief. And yes. so you will experience it throughout your life and multiple times a year. I experience it multiple times a year, but it passes. It lasts a day yeah. if that and it passes and I have the tools to now move through that. And so in a way, it's like, yeah, when a- anxiety comes up, I know how to manage it and move through it. But I guess like where I my qualm, if you want to say, is people being told that their chronic anxiety and their chronic panic is only manageable and not something that you can actually remove from your life and your body based on what's triggering this anxiety and panic
1: Gotcha yeah um I actually really like what you just said they're like manage and move through I like that better because like yes it's something that is going to come up for you like we were saying like it's, it's something like it's just feeling it and moving through it or letting it move through. And that's really what anxiety is, quote unquote, or what all my teachers are, or something that one of my teachers used to teach me that or say that I really liked was like anxiety is just energy that's too big for our container. Ooh, so I it's not like that. I have this thing. It's like I'm feeling this energy, like move it through, like expand the container or make it permeable or like how do we manage this energy but like not in a like manage it in a way that's it's flowing through and we're moving past it
0: i love that because what i used to think and what a lot of women i work with and i and conversations i have with women in my community is because they have anxiety or they've been diagnosed with anxiety disorder or panic disorder or depression And they've been told by their doctors, you know, the only options are medication and therapy, and then that's really not working. And maybe they're trying to meditate and then they're over-exercising, which is not helping the situation. They feel like, and I used to feel this way, like something is wrong with me, something's wrong with my brain, something's wrong with my body, and my only option is to medicate for the rest of my life. So that's probably where my very strong feelings around the word manage. Manage. But I love that. I, I'm i so glad I asked you this. Um, and I'm very open to having, com- you know, I don't want to be in an echo chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very open to having conversations like this. And in the future, I'd love to bring people on who, who like completely disagree with me about certain things. Like, for example, I... I feel that a vegan vegetarian diet is not the best diet, but I would love to bring somebody on who disagrees with me so we could have a conversation about it because I'm not trying to be like, it's my way or the highway. You know, I'm just sharing kind of my opinion. So I love and Thank you for sharing what your mentor has told you about how anxiety is energy that creates this sensation because the energy is like too much for the container. So it's not like we're broken or something's wrong with us. We just have this really big energy and we need to move that energy somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it was years ago that I I learned that. And I feel like I've just tried Like I've been maybe subconsciously consciously at first, just really trying to embody that. Like exactly that it's not something that's wrong with me because I very much grew up with the same thing like going to um counselors and psychiatrists and all the things you need medication you need this and that and it's like this it yeah what's wrong with me what's wrong with my brain like and then all of the societal things that come along with that as women um but just you know that's an aside but yeah it's just like it's it's not me it's energy yeah it is it is me it is me but it's how i'm showing up and it's just energy and how i'm interacting with it
0: okay this is a perfect segue i think to the meat of our conversation today and what i had originally reached out to you to bring you on to talk about was how do we we live in a world our modern world unless we're like on this beautiful tropical island where nobody bothers us We live in a world that essentially is programmed to keep us in the sympathetic nervous system, in the state of fight and flight. So how do we align our body and our nervous system to this modern world to give us like a fighting chance for lack of a better word?
1: (laughs) Yeah yeah and so that's exactly it we're like always bombarded with the dopamine with the the likes and the things and the attention and like we know this now is with like social media they're literally vying for our attention For they the, pay a
0: dopamine. lot of people a lot of money yeah. to keep you on this app longer by triggering that dopamine response like that instant gratification um yeah. you know i had a client tell me she she's very lonely and she's working with a therapist on her feelings of loneliness and she was telling me it's really hard for me to like put my phone away before bed and and not grab it first thing in the morning because that's how I feel connected to people and there's a lot of very interesting articles because she said that and I thought oh that's interesting because for me I feel less connected to people if I'm not seeing them in person and I'm just kind of seeing my friends and family on social media and so I started you know looking this up in psychology papers and things written by therapists and and they there's a lot of very interesting articles and papers written about how it's actually this false sense of connection and it's like tricking us into feeling connected and then it's actually having this reverse effect
1: of making us feel even more isolated and even more lonely interesting okay so i'm like i'm just curious about that um Mm -hmm. like like when you say they're making us feel more lonely is it like after the fact like when we put our phones away we're more lonely or
0: yeah so in the moment when we're on we feel super connected it's like 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 engage 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 comment 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 but we don't actually have connections with these people outside of that in real life you know like it's going to be very different and I feel this way like when I have a go to dinner with a friend and I actually sit down and I put my phone away and we're having an actual like conversation. I leave and I feel so fueled. I'm just like, I just feel energized and I'm not somebody who gets energized by, other people I'm somebody where like I need a lot of alone time to re-energize so big group situations parties things like that I wouldn't feel that way but like one-on-one with one or two friends or one or two family members or my partner or something I'll leave and it's a very I've started paying attention now after having this conversation so much with my client and starting to like look at what some therapists were saying I'm starting to pay attention to like how do I feel when I'm just like you know, sending GIFs back and forth with my friends on Instagram versus like actually like seeing my friends, like there is a sense of connection, but it's this false sense of connection. It's not like real connection. And if we already feel lonely, it's going to subtly increase our feelings of loneliness. At least this is what I've been reading.
1: Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And like, that totally makes sense. And I think exactly like understanding that that is the currency of, of the whatever the machine you want to call it right now is our nervous systems. So these dopamine hits is our attention. And, and so like, I think in our modern world, and it's just honestly, um, i'm a big proponent of community and coming back to that and also rewilding and what that means is coming back to like our nature um coming back to how we are with our biological rhythms with our bodies with our in tune with our hearts our minds our souls and our communities so you know we can dive into that but again with the last few yes, years please dive into that <laughs> Yeah. I I need to work
0: on that. I need to rewatch. I mean, Um, we all do. Yeah. I need to rework on reconnecting with nature because I'm seeing the research, I'm reading the studies, I'm understanding the importance of this. Especially, I just I'm coming out of burnout right now. I'm in stage one, but I was in stage three. (laughs) And in my deep dives of like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? One of the things that I really knew noticed was this massive disconnect to you know nature and, and mother earth and and i I do this in some ways with cycle sinking and things like that but i definitely don't do it to the extent that like i know would be insanely beneficial for my health so can you talk about like what that is and how we can do that
1: yeah um so I guess like it's it's been interesting of a like a learning journey for me so growing up in the Pacific Northwest like I've always been a nature girl like I would always be in the forest and like that was I now I'm learning that's how I like calibrated my nervous system was I would go when I when I would feel stressed or something would happen I would always just go to the forest I would just sit there and I would just like Just sit there, honestly. You knew intuitively. (laughs) I like, and I intuitively knew, and like, you know, moving, getting older, and like learning more about this. If that's like that is and we think about it that is how our nervous system evolves Mm -hmm. is amongst nature like we didn't always live in these concrete boxes with synthetic light and synthetic food and synthetic air like when we evolved it was in the with the natural lights with the sun with the seasons with the pollen and the microbes and the viruses around us like a a lot of our dna and our like environment or mitochondria are actually like from stuff in the air yeah it's like embedded into our into our bodies so like now in our world we live it literally we saw this last year where we're spraying down antibiotics or sorry um whatever disinfectants on the everywhere. playgrounds and like yeah. everywhere and Kids we live need in that
0: for their immune and system, we need that right? yeah oh my god. <laughs>
1: my gosh yeah i i, I like on well, my other side my specialize in eczema and like atopic stuff which is like a direct issue with this immune system stuff so yeah um anyways yeah so we're we're like really disconnected now a lot of us in the west at least from how we evolved you know and so some of the easiest ways the best ways of like rewilding is just going outside and breathing the air and putting your feet in the grass and looking at the sunlight in the morning
0: mm-hmm. getting know, sunlight sounds... in your eyes don't wear sunglasses outside unless you're driving and you're blinded by the sun but like everyone's walking around with sunglasses oh and gosh. it's like you actually thank you for need... saying that oh i i yeah. bug my partner and about sunscreen all
1: like slathering themselves and sunscreen all the time like all year round
0: like why? i know i'm always <laughs> bugging my friends about this if i'm outside with them and my partner if we're outside and I never wear sunglasses unless I'm straight up blinded and I cannot see it. It's actually dangerous. And I'm always telling them, like, take off your sunglasses right now.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I know. I feel like we could just, like, rant on that forever. That could um, be a wild yeah. podcast right there. <laughs> I know. We love the sun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid of the sun. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So I totally agree. Like, Go outside. Expose your eyes and your skin to the sun. Like, Don't be afraid of the sun. Um, don't be afraid of touching dirt and like getting a like a bug or whatever like it's fine Mm -hmm. this is how our nervous systems evolve this is how our body evolves um and so you know rewilding is just kind of coming back to that and it doesn't need to be like going out and being like being in the forest like even just eating seasonally and again like that's another thing we can do um being aware of our cycles like women as women we cycle along to the full moon or um Like traditionally, that's not always the case. It's very general. It's like the opposite now.
0: I would say, like it's either the full moon around the full moon or around the new moon that women are either bleeding. But like we cycle, we
1: cycle with the moon. We cycle with the moon. Which honestly, a lot of women don't. We don't know that. Oh my gosh! Like a lot of women don't know that, and so it's a big
0: part of my work. And women are always like alone away. Like I I know, me too. When I learned this, I was almost like pissed. I was like 25 when I learned this. And I'm like, so I've just been walking around in this body for 25 years and not understanding like how it actually works. Like I had my period since I was what, 12, 13. So 12 to 25. And I had no idea that I had different phases and different energetic needs and nourishment needs and lifestyle needs. And of course, I was just on birth control the whole time. So like, None yeah, of that mattered too. anyway,
1: yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 and yeah, exactly. like coming off the hormones and like, what does it mean to interact with with the world? So, yeah, 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 it's crazy. And like like being on birth control, too, like our just as women, like we it cuts are us so off con- from like nature. it cuts us off to everything yeah. from our intuition from nature, yeah. and like like you, I was on it for I don't even know how many years since I was in puberty to like, yeah Not that long ago right like it's crazy and
0: you probably already know this but for anybody listening who hasn't heard this some a really wild fact about birth control is it actually changes like your sense of smell and you it like encourages us to be attracted to partners that we think are good mates because we're basically like the birth control pill is like we never like okay we need somebody who's going to be like a good dad and a good husband And then women, and this has been like studied and women will like come off the birth control pill and they won't even be attracted to their partners anymore or they won't even like their smell anymore. They're like this person, like his smell is like disgusting to me when they come off birth control, because the birth control was influencing their decision in partners, which is just like crazy to me because like women are on birth control until they want to start getting pregnant for the most part. Right. So you're on birth control basically your whole life until you get married and then you come off birth control in hopes of getting pregnant. And then you're just like, Oh, like
1: why do I not really (laughs) like my husband? I mean, obviously this doesn't happen to everyone, but this does happen. (laughs) This is okay. So this is so interesting. And like, going down even like a longer wormhole about it if that's cool um yes always so like you, you were saying that like we're on you're on the pill and then you come off because we think like we're basically when we're on the pill our body thinks we're pregnant yeah and so we're looking for a mate that's going to be a good provide like a good provider. dad kind of thing yeah. good provider and so i was there's like all this talk about we like we're not looking for masculine men anymore because we're looking for like the the provider yes but like, like you know not the protector and mm-hmm. so that's like a whole like a whole different thing but like the taste in men and like is it false because now we're just like all a lot of these women our bodies think are pregnant so we're preferring this type like it's a it's a whole thing and it's fascinating. basically the whole thing is like, like it's so fascinating but it's like it's just consorted. It just shows you yeah. like what's what's actually true and what's masked, I guess. Who knows?
0: Yeah. OK, so rewilding, which is just like <laughs> a really cool way to say, like, get back in touch with nature. Yeah. yeah. Sun exposure, especially in the morning, if you can first thing in the morning before noon, at least if you can listen, I'm not perfect. I try to go for my walks before noon. It doesn't always happen. I'm still getting outside once a day getting outside yeah. every day, not wearing sunglasses, yeah. unless you absolutely need to taking your shoes off, putting your feet in the earth, grounding, yeah. mm-hmm. um, eating seasonally, um, mm-hmm. syncing with your cycle. If you're not, and you can do this if you are on birth control, by the way, it's still an excellent practice to get into yeah. so that when you do come off, that's a habit of yours. Uh, you do anything mm-hmm. like that. You can also do this if you're post-menopause and you're not bleeding anymore, then you can sync up with the moon. And it's still just like a really beautiful practice for women to get into. What are some other things we can do?
1: Mm, what are some other things we can do? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, honestly, I I think that that's, that's really... A great it's a lot. That's a good Just place to start. Yeah, I start. was like, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Just like going outside and touching a tree and putting your feet to the grass, taking a few deep breaths. That's a great place to start, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so step one, and then the sun in the eyes and the getting outside. And then once that foundation I always like to give people kind of steps because as you know, when there is anxiety present, all these changes feel extremely overwhelming and they are overwhelming. If you try to do them all at once, that's what overwhelm is. You're trying, you're trying to do way too much and you haven't actually integrated and embodied what you're learning. You're just absorbing, 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 and then it all just gets jumbled in your head. So that was the step one. That's your foundation. And when that's locked and loaded and that's a habit for you, then consider exploring the very magical world of cycle syncing, which is literally like one of my favorite things. I have a workshop on it in case anybody wants, (laughs) I'll link it in the show notes, but honestly, I swear by cyclical living. I think it completely changed my life and I will never go back to not living cyclically.
1: (sighs) Yeah, exactly, and well, and it's interesting too with our exactly like you said nervous systems. Like we with anxiety, it's good to know. It's good to have. Like I find at least for myself, like I'm a very creative, like living up here kind of person. And I. What's your human design? I'm a projector. Oh, me too. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a five, I'm a five three projector. So I'm like, ah, and I'm a Pisces. So I'm always like.
0: I think I'm a but, three um, five. I would have to double check. And I'm a double Leo. <laughs> so my sun uh, and my rising.
1: <laughs> I can I know a few double Leos. I feel like I've met a lot of you lately. That's some big Maybe energy. Yeah, I'm calling you in. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we're aligned. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So um, anyways, I find like I, I do really well with with like a framework and a structure and a routine, but to a point. Mm -hmm. like I know I now I know like I there's a fine line where I need to leave it open and where I need to to not leave it open and so like and I like I find very like I'm very cyclical too and so I'm still honestly learning those so some of that is like with my with my menstrual cycle and my hormonal cycle and some of it is just like my energetic cycles Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still teasing out like honestly how much of it has to do with stuff going on in the sky in the world and like as we were talking about before as empaths sometimes we tune into and a lot of us will tune into the energy around us so like there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now and i do find that if there's like something big happening like i will tune into it and and like often it's like it's to a lot of a lot of learning to even be like when is like what is that Mm -hmm. you know like is this mine or is this something else so
0: and letting yourself be curious about it is hard because you know when we're feeling like an uncomfortable emotion and uh something I heard a long time ago is emotion is just energy in motion which is basically what your mentor was saying about anxiety right the energy is too big for the vessel for the container which I love so you know I have done a lot of work in therapy and other modalities to learn that my emotions are not good or bad they're neutral and how to actually sit with them which is really hard you know years ago when I was in the in the heights of my anxiety panic disorder and depression there's no way I was sitting with my emotions like fuck that you know and now yeah. that I'm kind of on the other side I'm really starting to explore that I'm allowing myself to get really uncomfortable because there's a lot of teachings and lessons in there but that's something i really encourage everyone to do even with your anxiety is get really curious about like what it's trying to tell you from a lifestyle perspective like is there something going on in your life that it's trying to send you a message that you're out of alignment you know in a relationship or with a job or in a friendship or or something like that or is it and it's usually a multi it's multiple things it's never just like one thing like or is it something inside your body like with your gut health and your hormonal health and inflammation and what you're eating and nutrient deficiencies and things like that. And, and you know, we're talking a lot about the nervous system uh, on this call. And I just wanna point out, and I would love your take on this because I get a lot of women who tell me like, well, you know, my doctor or my therapist just said I'm just stuck in fight or flight, or I have some kind of like nervous system dysfunction or impairment and things like that. And I'm like, yes, that is very much happening, but why? like why the nervous system just doesn't decide to like dysfunction on its own. Like there's something that's happening. What are some of the really big causative factors or root causes that you see for, um, when we start to kind of almost get stuck in that sympathetic, obviously we were, we were talking about the lifestyle stuff, like not doing all this grounding and nature work and and really what's going on around us in the world yes of course but from like a body-based perspective what do you also see as like the big kind of root causes
1: body-based like you mean like physical stuff physical stuff stuff inside of disorder yeah yeah Yeah. okay so like you were saying there's there's always so much stuff and obviously like a mental emotional root i find is is like one of the biggest Mm -hmm. and we can go but that um, but that often manifests in the physical body. So the, I don't know if you if you know who writes this. The body keeps the score. I always forget the name. Yeah.
0: Oh shoot. It's not G- Gabor Mate. No, it's not. No, him. it's but not him. The body keeps uh, score.
1: It, yeah. That, so I that's a, it. I have a, it on my bookshelf. Yeah. It's one of those books. I'm like, I love it, but I always forget the name of the author. So I apologize. Oh, it's Basel um, van
0: der Kolk. I just Googled it. Basel van der Kolk. Okay, Yeah.
1: I was like, I'm it's probably saying that, bad, that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, But anyways, so that it's a great example of kind of how, like all of this stuff that we get in the nervous system, all of these experiences translate into the body. Um, And so like this, and then it's kind of a two-way street. So this stuff translates into the body. We start to see dysregulation there, this dysregulation, Regulation now translates back into the nervous system and so um we kind of start to see this 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 uh cycle go on so some of the biggest areas that go out of whack or go out of balance um and like it's hard to kind of just pick them because they're all intertwined but I would mm-hmm. say the gut brain like the gut brain um microbiome hormone that's like kind of all of it but all the, of gut that is access, everything. <laughs> the gut is everything just, you right? could have
0: just said the gut and like yeah I was explain like everything
1: <laughs> I know I was like the gut but then from the gut we have exactly we have the hormones and we have everything so you know the gut is, is the, yeah. the inflammation mm-hmm. so like the gut will be one of the biggest if not the biggest things that we look at um, you know whether this be inflammation in the gut um, dysbiosis in the gut which also go hand in hand and when I say that I mean like a imbalance of gut bacteria um, you know when we're choosing when we're feeling more stressed out we're more likely to not make as great food choices and this is going to continue and feedback and create more inflammation in the gut and so um, I would say just if, if we had to pick one thing like yes going outside and then physical body is just being aware of our water and our food and just like you know, for me, when I feel really anxious, this is really a tough one is, is just like staying on top of my diet and eating in general and drinking water. And so like, if anyone here relates to that, it is so important just for all of that. And also just for balancing blood sugars, which also feeds back. So huge, huge. yeah, <laughs> huge, huge.
0: <the> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, um, I have this conversation like a lot with my clients because obviously blood sugar is a big focus of my work. And, you know, they'll tell me, Well, I eat, I eat really well because we've been working together. So I'm eating really well. How can my blood sugar still be dysregulated? But it's not just what you eat. Like there's yeah. like, are you over exercising? Are you sacrificing sleep? Are you not prioritizing sleep? Are you drinking? enough water, which a lot of people don't, like. I consider that under the diet umbrella, like water, but a lot of people don't, right? They think like, oh, I'm eating protein, fiber, and fat, like you told me. And then it's like, mm-hmm. but then they're drinking like just a few glasses of water or something like that. So yeah, it's all, it's all connected. It's all connected, which is really the point that I try to drive home. I think literally always all the time is we have to unlearn what we all grew up most of us, at least, unless you had um, very non allopathic parents, which mine are definitely not, they're very allopathic. And so the solution was always one pill, or one answer or one surgery, like there's always like, you just need to do this one thing. And that will maybe help. And if it doesn't help, well, too bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like, I don't want it to sound to people like I know this might sound overwhelming you know like you have to do all these things and be on top of your diet and sleep and do this and that and like I totally get and we all do that when we are not feeling great all of that thing all of that stuff just goes it just like it's not going to happen sometimes and like it's okay to give yourself grace and to, mm-hmm. to move through those periods as you know with all these tools that we've learned but we know like coming back at the end of the day we're not going to have that attitude of like one pill like this is this is our journey. This is like, we have all these things to do. Like we want to be healthy. We want to be involved in the world. And like, this is how we're going to show up. Um, and so, you know, giving yourself and just keeping this in mind. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank thank you for that. Because, um, this is a theme that comes up a lot with my clients when, when we go through grief, when we lose a, a loved one, a pet, a family member. Um, and you know, one of the, this is what I tell them. Is that one of the best things that you can do? Sometimes self care and taking care of yourself when you are grieving is just letting everything go. Like, who cares about what you're eating? You're not drinking enough water, fine. You know, like instead of kind of beating yourself up when you're going through a hard time, and that could just be, it doesn't have to be grief or loss, it can be like you're going through like the the energy of anxiety has kind of taken over and you're working on kind of working through that or it's just like you're really, really struggling one day and you just go out and eat mac and cheese or something, which is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. I'm for me, and it's always been this way, I always like ate my feelings. I didn't have a suppressed appetite. Like with my anxiety and my depression, it was more like Nutella toast like it was more like I need to eat my feelings it was very rare that I would actually have no appetite it could go either way and I still do that sometimes like if I had like a really stressful day or a really stressful week the store right beside me that makes like this delicious mac and cheese and I go and
1: I buy it That would be hard to resist. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, and that's totally fine. And when you do that, it's like, okay, enjoy it. Like, enjoy yes. it. Yes. Let yourself
0: enjoy it. There's food for, for nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're sitting there beating yourself up, it's just going to make it worse. You know, like there's yeah. food for nutrition and there's food for pleasure and a balanced yeah. life and a balanced diet includes all of those things. Just like a balanced life includes being inside and the artificial light and all these things. But then also we need to balance that out with being outside.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, it's so interesting being, being alive at this time because we see people start to like recognize that and they're asking for it more and they're craving it more and they're stepping into it more. And we're starting to learn all of these things and like, it's really beautiful and fun to like see it happen.
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. and another thing like our modern world that we're kind of subjected to is this like hustle culture and you know tying our achievements to (laughs) our worth and our value and our worthiness and especially like as women like if you are raising children and you also want to work and you're doing all of these things not prioritizing rest so everything we talked about yes and I would love for you to just kind of speak to some of your pray your favorite like rest kind of rituals and because you're super busy and this might be something that you're navigating but you have like a zillion projects like I'm like are you permanently like burnt out like what's happening here (laughs) tell me your secret
1: to doing a million things um funny yeah like kind of called out because yeah <laughs> I a bit out. I'm still learning in progress um and yeah we didn't even touch about like we didn't even touch about that like the hustle culture and like the constant fight or flight nervous system like dorsal vagal stuff we didn't even go there and that's like another thing um but yeah I do have a lot of stuff on the go and I am like continually learning how to navigate that like as a projector so if you're into human design then maybe you know like projector types we're not designed to like go 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 we're designed to be more like um conservative and efficient yeah yeah Um, So part of it is honestly, is me learning how to be really efficient with my energy and like learn how to streamline my systems really well. Like I, I'm really quite efficient at that now. Um, And then part of it is me, honestly, just like not is learning how to just rest and not go and um, working on that continuously. So. And not feeling
0: guilty. Like I'm, my partner has been one of the most beautiful examples for me of somebody who rests and like yeah. has no problem resting and that was you know if we talk about nervous system and i i would love to bring on like some relationship experts to have these kinds of conversations but most of all of my relationships have been and I'm, i i'm don't know the word i don't want to say toxic they're they have not all been toxic but they've been codependent or they haven't been safe like for me to be me the fully expressed version of me and they haven't been like safe for my nervous system and you know tracing back to childhood and what was modeled to me as relationships like that all kind of plays a big role but it was really interesting like we it'll be six years this year that we've been dating and it it felt very unsafe for my nervous system to be in a safe relationship and that was something that was very interesting for me to witness and understand which I did not understand on my own by the way I have like a therapist (laughs) that I've been with since 2016 um who is also like a yoga and meditation teacher and has a nutrition background and she's trained in like somatic therapy and polyvagal therapy and she's just like she's excellent yeah adore her and um you know, in conversation with her and in paying a lot of attention and getting curious about my my triggers and my emotions and why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling that has that has come up. and one of that that I found out that out later on but in the beginning, it used to make me very uncomfortable like how much he rested <laughs> like it made me uncomfortable. I was like, oh my gosh like you need to be doing something like this. Like, I feel like I'm tweaking out here. And I, I've told him this multiple times over the years that I've learned so much from him as we do from our partners. Um, so much about myself because our relationships are just like this mirror um, and some not so great things. So shadow parts of myself, but it's okay, we're working through it. But I've also learned some, some really, really, really awesome things. And one of the things is really valuing rest and resting without feeling guilty which that yeah. is like a mind fuck and I have so many friends and so many colleagues like other nutritionists practitioners naturopathic doctors I, I joke about this all the time but I honestly think it's true I think all my naturopathic doctor friends are burnt out
1: yeah they probably a lot of them are women right they're all women <laughs> yes yeah, <all> of them, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs>
0: like we're just out here trying to save the world and burning ourselves out in the process you know
1: oh my god I know I know I had this conversation I mean with myself a lot and with a lot of friends and patients and clients and everybody it's like exactly that like it's okay to rest um and I yeah like even before this I had like an hour and I was like what What can I do do? like what can it what do I do and I was like just just chill just like sit down and do nothing it's fine and like I did and but I and it was like it was an interesting process because it was exactly that I was doing this whole thing like do it no it's fine I'll do that
0: with 15 minutes I will have 15 minutes and what can I do like nothing you need to chill out and something I've started doing is um and it's not a 100 percent. nothing is we're not chasing perfection but you know, not bringing my phone with me when I go to the washroom or if I'm standing in line at Starbucks, like not being on my phone. If I'm waiting for anything, not being on my phone, when I go for my walks, not being on my phone, that I'm actually really good at. I take like a quick little Instagram story that I'm out walking and then like my phone goes away kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I post that story like literally hours later. And that's, that has made like a world of difference. Like those little five minute pauses, I call them, I call it white space throughout the day, actually like give yourself space. If you're making a tea, just sit down and drink the tea. Like don't also be on your phone. If you're petting, like I have cats, if I'm petting my cats, like just sit there and pet my cats and be with my cats and Mm -hmm. not do anything and giving yourself like five minutes here, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here throughout the day where you're doing nothing. And it's going to feel so uncomfortable so
1: uncomfortable oh my yeah. gosh it's so uncomfortable and like you're saying it's like literally in in my body and your body like it brings up stuff like I.
0: it could bring up anxiety it literally but, like bring, yeah up it totally anxiety. does yeah
1: yeah it totally does yeah <laughs>
0: and it's like do you have better advice and you have to push through it and you have to sit through the discomfort because that's my advice (laughs)
1: Mm. I mean like part of it is yes and honestly like it sounds so simple but just deep belly breathing like hand on your chest hand on your belly and like that's like it's like I would people would tell me that before I'd be like whatever just sit through it but like I'm like actually breathing um it works and if you make
0: if you make the exhale longer than the inhale it actually triggers the parasympathetic nervous system like
1: science and like that's (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and like that's exactly why there is science and i tell people this there's like the yogis they know this and if you like chant if you're if you're into that like chanting and humming or sometimes like even just tapping on your chest yeah like the whole the vagus nerve runs down here so
0: it's so oh, funny yeah, when I, I did you... my yoga teacher training, we would chant um at the beginning you know, because you're learning the suit the yoga sutras, right? And we would be chanting. Right. And I remember I, it was like such an eye roll. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't like this part of yoga. Like, I just like the part of yoga where I'm doing all these fancy tricks. Like, I think that's what I know. I just want to do the yeah.
1: cool like handstands. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I just
0: want to like take some cool pictures. And then of course, when you do your teacher training, you're just like, Whoa, there's so much more to this. And now my yoga practice is not even physical anymore. I'm not even, I'm not yeah. even a strong, like physical yogi it's the spiritual practice for me like that has changed my life uh, and really kind of studying that in my teacher training but I remember we would chant and I would be like this is such an eye roll blah 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 blah. but then I was forced to do it for six months every single weekend when we had teacher training and you can't like deny the benefits and then of course later on I learned because of the toning of the vagus nerve and like that Mm -hmm. is like oh my gosh like talk about nervousness and health talk about gut health you cannot You can't take the vagus nerve out of that equation. And so now I like love chanting, like Kundalini classes. I'm like, yes.
1: Ooh, yeah. Those are powerful. Oh my gosh. So powerful. So good.
0: And and sitting with your breath and actually deep abdominal breathing is also going to feel uncomfortable at first. And it's also, you know, I get this from my women all the time. They're like, breathwork doesn't work for me. And I'm like, of course it doesn't work because you're only doing it when you feel anxious and then it's uncomfortable. So you're stopping when like, it has to be a practice. Like you have to practice breathwork every single day for the rest of your life. Like learning just how to breathe properly and training yourself how to breathe properly, whether you have anxiety or not, like if you live in the, that's a science
1: in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, we could chat like forever, but
1: we're not. I know. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll come back. We'll come back to all of it. Actually, day. I do have a question
0: for you. Do you bring in human design to your work with patients from like a non business perspective?
1: I'm starting to. So I love human design, and I love the gene keys. Do you, Do you know gene keys as no. well? No, I so you had just... brought it up one time, and I was
0: like, "What is that?"
1: Okay, so quickly, yeah, quickly. It's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah I'm like, I'm like I it's kind of like human design it's like an offshoot of human design um, but it's like a combination of genetics and the I Ching which is like, an, yes, an ancient, yeah. like a Chinese um, thing and um, yeah yeah so what it like I find that with human design human design helps me understand like how I show up in the world and like how to transmute this energy and how to like uh, manage my work and stuff like that I find the gene keys is really helpful in helping me understand like the bigger like why like kind of adding in some like background perspective I don't know how to explain it Um, but like yes to answer your question I like to bring both of them in but they're like such big systems and such nuanced systems that I'm not expert in either of them so I I ask because I
0: want to connect with somebody who uses it from a non-business coaching perspective, because I feel like everybody that I have seen at least brings it into business, which obviously is helpful for us as entrepreneurs, but not everyone I work with, not everyone who listens to this podcast is an entrepreneur. And I would love to bring this to the, I mean, we'll have to do another episode with the Gene Keys because that's fascinating, but I'm like, yeah, If you ever know somebody, I mean, we could do it. You and I can chat about it, but I'd love to be connected with somebody who that's what they do is they bring it. Who into, does it? Like who coaches, like they do coaching or something and it's non-business related because I know there's a way to bring it in. But like you said, it's such a big system that I, I've read all the books. I'm trying to figure out how to bring it in and I'm not seeing it yet. Like I'm just not seeing so Check how. out your G keys. I know. Check out the G, your G
1: keys. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah I know it's, it's like such an interest like and that's too we could talk about that forever it's such an interesting like thing whether you're into that or not but like yeah, yeah.
0: I was always cool. like kind wow. of into astrology because my mom was into astrology and so growing up I just like had that influence but then I found out about human design and I was like this makes way more sense to me And then I really got into that, like really, at least understanding my chart. I like hired people. I was like reading all the books and I'm like, oh man, like this is a game changer. How do I bring this into like the non-business world? And I'm still just mulling on that, but to be continued.
1: Yeah. To be continued. You're a five, you said a five, three projector. I'm the opposite of you. Three, five, I think. Yeah. I'm a five, three.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm a three, five. I'd have to just double check.
1: I'm almost positive. I'm that. I wonder like how that changes the meaning of it. Like if they're flipped.
0: Hmm. I need to like, go back to my notes. It's not even something I know off the top of my head, you know, just because there's so much, like you said, nuance, and I'm still just kind of learning. I've grasped a few ways that it like is applicable to me, but there's still like, It'll come up, like this conversation will come up and people will be saying things back and forth. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Fun. Okay.
0: Well, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can connect with you. And I will link everything in the show notes.
1: Yeah, cool. Thank you. So you can find me. I love to hang out on Instagram mostly. So I'm at Dr. Kayla Clark, uh, Clark with an E at the end and that's also my, my website is just kaylaclark.com so you can go there as well and then kaylaclark.com slash kind mind um you can link that but it's just mm-hmm. um like you'll there, you'll find a link to my course on the highly sensitive nervous system so foundations of the highly sensitive nervous system so you can access that there as well as just some information if you're interested about my process and working with me
0: amazing thank you so
1: much Bye. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you loved today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety with awareness comes action and the more people this podcast can reach the less people will struggle with anxiety and positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show you are the best thank you so much for being here i appreciate you so 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 much One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only, and the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode. Bye for now.